If you've been told to pull up your socks, then make sure it's a pair of TNT socks. The TNT shop is now open at tntradio.live. This is The Chris Smith Show on today's News Talk TNT Radio. G'day, g'day. Welcome to the program. It is good to have your company. Welcome to a new week on the show as well. I hope you had a a half-decent weekend, a beauty, as we say, in Australia. I had a a pretty good weekend. I got away from the family on Sunday, and I know sometimes, sometimes us blokes have to do that, get away from the kids who want to play every sport under the sun every five minutes of every day. I had a chance to go on a long motorcycle trip, which I loved, except, except I was hounded by police. Yes, highway patrol police in hidey holes. Why did they do that? Like most motorcyclists on a Sunday go to places where motorcyclists only travel. Windy roads, highways, not motorways. Back roads, not arterial roads, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Why did they need to hassle motorcyclists? We're not on the road in those locations with families, other cars, et cetera. We're going the speed limit usually. And they want to hide to try and catch us out going five and 10 kilometres an hour more. I don't get it. It's a police state. Back off. Get out of our face. Dear, oh dear. It was obvious. There was no one else to to pounce on. It was only us. Anyway, police state is alive and well, I'm here to tell you. But you kind of knew that, right? Um, It's in a way the way we will start the program today talking about the crimes of the state as they told us lies about vaccines during COVID. And didn't they what during the pandemic? Some big news coming out of Britain this morning with an MP, an independent MP, taking an entire dossier with whistleblowers to Metropolitan Police in London to show how crooked the British government was in pushing vaccines, despite the fact that they knew only too well from the contracts that they signed with Moderna and Pfizer, that they could be deadly down the track. And we now know how problematic they have been. Well above expectations. Well above expectations. That's not me saying it. That is the latest mainstream study that came out of New Zealand last week, which we've spoken about on a number of occasions on the program. So we'll talk about that off the top. My special guest today is the fearless, the intrepid uh, video journalist, Corinne Clifford. Now, Corinne has been to CPAC, as she suggested last week she would. Uh, That is the big US conservative conference, of course. And she's got some terrific footage for us today, footage of former Trump strategist Steve Bannon and the rebel European Union Uh, member Christine Anderson. Looking forward to hearing from both those individuals. Plus, what happened to Corinne when she walked into Mr. Brexit himself at CPAC? Nigel Farage. Yes, Nigel travelled from London to the CPAC conference and bumped into Corinne, and it was a very interesting meeting. That's all I'll say. Not giving too much away, but we'll be talking about that with Corinne and a whole heap of other bits and pieces. Now, this weekend in the US, one of Australia's biggest sports comes to Las Vegas. It is a rugby league invasion, which is different to rugby union, which is this global sport that has been around for 200 years. No, it's rugby league, which is a breakaway that occurred in around about 
1900 in England and then swept to Australia. And that sport is coming to NFL territory in an NFL stadium, I might add, in Las Vegas. Uh, The game has already been showcased with a large rugby league ball, which is different to the NFL ball, in Times Square. But Las Vegas is what it's all about this Saturday night in America, Sunday about lunchtime in Australia. But, gee, I tell you what, the Fox Sports hosts, the NFL hosts, have been having a great time, a very funny time, trying to describe and explain to their audiences, their NFL audiences, what rugby league is all about. And it is very funny. I'll play that for you a little bit later in the program. From down under today, it is Upper House Day. Yes, that is when we have two very impressive Upper House MPs on the program, the Independent MP from New South Wales, Mark Latham, and the Victorian Upper House Liberal Party MP, Renee Heath. They both have plenty to say. Today, we'll be talking about the latest nuclear survey, uh, more big storms being stupidly blamed on global boiling, to the Conservative businessman who was expelled from the Liberal Party over the weekend and the offensive anti-Semitic comments causing a stir in the literary world as well. So Mark and Renee on the program next hour. Don't miss them. And we've got the power of the talkback lines. Not many other media outlets can claim that or have your voice on their medium, but we can. Uh, On TNT Radio, all you've got to do is ring any one of our three major numbers. They are from the United States and Canada, 1-888-201-6425. From the UK, 033-0024-1026. And from Australia or New Zealand, 1-800-670-310. It's the best and uh, most effective democratic way to have your say in any section of the media, and in particular here, because as you know, At TNT, there's no ceiling on opinion. Let's get moving. This is Chris Smith broadcasting live. We are from Sydney over the next two hours. And this is the Global News Talk Network, TNT. Clashing on the controversies. It's a woke society and I am fed up with it. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. All right. I want to start the uh, week highlighting what a complete global disgrace it is for nations not to be launching major inquiries into excess deaths. And I've covered excess deaths on a number of occasions, especially that alarming data that came out of New Zealand about uh, seven, eight weeks ago. Governments and leaders care more for saving their own sorry backsides. This is a global trend than saving those people the ones who handed them power in the first place. It is all about them. Despite their angst and their fake concern for lives during the pandemic, they obviously don't care for lives as much as they care for votes, their own well-being, and of course, their own power trip. Well, as the excess death data leaks out from various health bureaucracies around the world, And the mainstream studies, as I've just mentioned, continue to expose the mRNA COVID vaccine as dodgy. And governments knew about it back in 2021. More is being done to expose the con. And it was a worldwide con on a number of fronts. In the UK overnight, one MP has revealed how serious he is about exposing the truth by taking his evidence, and that includes human beings, whistleblowers, to Metropolitan Police. 
Independent MP Andrew Bridgen has written to Mark Rowley, Commissioner of the Metropolitan Police in London, and is ready to hand him substantial evidence of criminal activity. Have a listen to this. Well, I actually uh, will share with you, Jim, which is not publicised yet. I actually wrote on Monday to Mark Rowley, the uh, the Commissioner for the Metropolitan Police, and I've asked for th- a three-hour meeting where I'll bring 15 world experts um, and whistleblowers who will lay out the evidence that um, criminal activity is being conducted by those at the top of government and in the civil servants. Uh, against the people. We'll see if I get that meeting and if uh, what the, the Met act on. But I'd also say that you know, I f- forced Rishi Sunak, uh, asked him to re- you know, correct his statement about safe and effective a couple of weeks ago. And he said that the vaccines were safe. He didn't say they were effective. I mean, why anyone would want to take an experimental treatment that wasn't effective, even if it was safe and they're not, is, is, is bizarre. See, that's interesting. That's an interesting, well, there's five interesting points in what he had to say, but they don't say effective anymore because they know they're not. They don't prevent you getting COVID, despite the fact that they told us they would during the pandemic. So they say they're safe. But as we've discovered from a study last week in New Zealand that Rishi Sunak obviously hasn't read, they are have been observed to be more dangerous and more deadly than was expected. They're not safe. And he's right about the Pfizer contracts as well, which no government wanted to reveal. It was all very secret, hush-hush, because it does prove how duplicitous they were, all of them, in forcing dodgy vaccines onto their populations when they knew how potentially dangerous they were. It was stated in the contract. That potential, of course, is being realised in colossal numbers of excess deaths being recorded in nations with huge COVID vaccine take-up rates. It might be a coincidence, okay, but they started soon after the rollout of the vaccines. That might be a coincidence as well. Okay, but talk to the GPs who are now handling the ailments. But, of course, they don't dare put an inquiry together for this anywhere in the world for fear they'll all be exposed for risking the lives of too many people. After a pandemic where, sadly, the elderly and vulnerable may have been taken sooner than they would have been, we should be expecting a deficit, uh, not, not excess deaths. And what we've found is that over the last couple of years after the pandemic and the end of effectively COVID, um, we've not only seen that deficit filled, but considerably surpassed, and those are excess deaths. It's interesting. In the UK, Rishi Sunak himself may have to face the music for personally investing in the vaccine rollout. He and Bill Gates invested heavily into the likes of Pfizer and Moderna prior to the pandemic. 75% of congressmen and women in the US have investments in Big Pharma as well. But keep your eyes on Andrew um, Bridgen. Now, I only say that because he was kicked out of the Liberal Party. He's now an independent for saying what should have been said during the pandemic when no one else wanted to say it. 
He has the evidence. So all the evidence, all the whistleblowers, all the documents, the Pfizer contracts have been gravitating towards him. They've given him the information. If anyone has the information that is capable of bringing down a government or forcing an inquiry, it's him because they have taken everything to Andrew. And so he goes to the Metropolitan Police. He rightly maintains the parliament had been deliberately misleading people about efficacy and safety on mRNA vaccines because the contract said they knew nothing about the long-term consequences. And if you had any other drug today going through some of the bureaus, the drug approve, approvement bureaus, for want of a better term, they would say, well, if you don't know the long-term side effects, we can't approve it. But we did during the pandemic. And now we're getting studies that tell us that the results, the observed ailments and deaths exceed what was expected. So he can't say, Rishi Sunak, he can't say they are efficient or they are, um, they work. They can't say they are safe. They can't say any of that anymore because the studies are now emerging to belie the safety of mRNA vaccines. There is so much more to come here, but keep your eyes on Andrew. And if British police do move on this with the evidence that they have before them, there may be a domino effect globally. This is TNT. TNT's Abby Roberts. Climate change is having a disproportionate effect on the physical and mental health of black communities. Black Americans are more likely than white Americans to live in areas and housing that increase their susceptibility to climate-related health issues. Dr. Rachel Levine, now you may have, may have noticed something about Rachel. Uh, Rachel is in fact a bloke. <laughs> that is a bloke uh, in, in a suit talking about um, how black people are adversely affected by climate. What a load of absolute nonsense. Did you see in the background as well that weird geometric shapes? that are kind of all over. There's a weird blob. And uh, she's that's the human... Uh, it's called... I think it's Human Health Services. It's hhs.gov. Honestly, it is beyond scary, this stuff. It's like Marxism on steroids. Abby Roberts on TNT. TNT is an independent global news talk station that does what others only say they do. TNT is a live radio and TV broadcaster that simply tells the truth. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. No one in the world does what we do. Crisscrossing the globe, providing credible news and opinion all day and all night. In two and a half years, TNT has become a credible and exciting platform with brilliant hosts and staff. It's a critical time, and we must continue to call out the misinformation and propaganda from mainstream media and their powerful sponsors. We're now appealing to our many friends and supporters around the world to go to TNTradio.live and make a small donation to TNT while we seek the right investors to continue our important mission. So many people who had no history of heart illnesses have got it now, or blood clotting after the COVID-19 vaccination. Punish those who hurt people with COVID madness. Lighting the fuse for freedom. TNT Radio. Well, it's good to have your company, and uh, I'm very, very happy to say that we have a regular guest on the program today, someone who told us last week that she would be where the action was at the latter part of last week and over the weekend. So she joins us again. The four-day Conservative Political Action Conference, otherwise known as CPAC for 2024, concluded on the weekend in Washington, D.C., 
Ronald Reagan gave the inaugural keynote speech back in 1974, and it's been going ever since. It's in its 50th year. The annual conference has been an important event in shaping conservative politics, arguing on issues, policies, hearing what different sides have to say and giving them an airing. My next guest was there. Corinne Clifford is a highly accomplished and versatile freelance journalist based in Washington, D.C. She has pioneered the field of video journalism known as Active IRT in real time, focusing on capturing real events as they unfold live and without any editing. Corinne's innovative approach has garnered international attention. However, um, she has had her share of controversies, including losing her YouTube account with one million subscribers because she dared to voice an opinion during the pandemic. Corinne Clifford, welcome to TNT once again. I'm so grateful to be here. How are you, Chris? I'm very, very well, Corinne. I've got so much to ask you about. Before we discuss CPAC and the ins and outs and who you spoke to and who you met, Following on just from my comments at the start of the program, do you see US politicians facing criminal charges over COVID mandates and, and the contracts similarly signed in the US as they were in the UK and the fact that they knew, and they wouldn't tell us, they knew there was no definite uh, prognosis on long-term side effects? Do you see this biting at some stage? I mean, we're all praying and hoping that it does. Everyone wants to have Fauci arrested. But the problem is that the current Biden administration supports Fauci 100 percent. As a matter of fact, he's currently uh, a, a professor in Washington, D.C. and Georgetown. So the bottom line is this. If President Donald Trump gets back and takes back the White House in Washington, D.C., yes, of course, there will be arrests and people will be held accountable. But if the Biden regime, we call it a regime, uh, I don't think Biden was fairly elected in 2020. I believe Trump won. If the Biden regime continues and if a Democrat keeps the White House in Washington, D.C., there will be no arrests because what's actually happening is backfiring on American patriots in the United States of America. Since the Biden regime has taken over the White House in January 2021, over 1,500 people who are all American patriots who stand up for the U.S. Constitution, mostly Christian white men of fighting age, have been arrested in a volatile, violent way by the FBI, fully controlled by the Biden regime's Department of Justice. Mm. So it depends which which president takes the White House in November. Yeah. You know, we call in Australia, and also they called it in the UK, a royal commission. That is, everyone is compelled to give evidence. They cannot maintain their silence. They must give evidence and answer questions truthfully, and anyone can be brought to account, even the prime minister of the country. I don't know what the equivalent is in the United States, but boy, oh boy, there needs to be one on the pandemic, doesn't there? Yes, of course. Now, tomorrow morning, uh, I think it's uh, I think it's Monday morning, my day, and Tuesday morning, your day. Um, What's happening is very important. You know, Congress, Senate and the House of Representatives members are having a hearing about this topic, about the topic of COVID and who should be arrested and who shouldn't be arrested. But it's a hearing. It's a step in the right direction, but it doesn't mean anyone will be made accountable. It's just going to have all the doctors and all of the specialists come and talk on record about what really happened during the COVID-19 pandemic. Okay, hopefully something does come from that. All right, let's talk about CPAC. You ran into the likes of 
former White House strategist, Trump strategist uh, Steve Bannon. Just before I play what you've given us to play, what were your impressions of Bannon as opposed to what you knew of him during the Trump days? Now, listen, I have met Steve Bannon on many occasions. I first met him in U.S. federal court when he was getting a sentenced to four months in prison mm. for not agreeing to go to the January 6th commission when he was subpoenaed. He hasn't had to serve that time yet. I love Steve Bannon. He usually gives me a hug and says hello. But the problem is that there's a lot of controversy around him. Now, I think he's one of the most incredible, charismatic men I've ever met. He's an incredible speaker. He and President Trump and honestly, Nigel Farage are incredible speakers. But with Steve Bannon, you know, he did do a project called Build the Wall and four people were indicted and Three of them are currently in prison in the United States of America. Will Steve Bannon end up in prison is the question. His trial starts in New York City, allegedly, supposedly, on May 24th of this year. It could be postponed. It's definitely going to happen because when you see who runs New York State, they're going to continue this. Letitia <laughs> James, the current governor of New York, are not going to let down on Steve Bannon. And, you know, President Trump did give Steve Bannon, you know, an official pardon, but that's only federal. It's not in the state of New York. So Steve Bannon is allegedly facing jail time. So he is a controversial figure. He and President Trump have had their ups and downs. But in the end, Steve Bannon is an incredible speaker. He's one of the most charismatic men. And I really do love watching him do the news. Besides you and Alex Jones, I love watching Steve Bannon. So personally, I enjoy him. Now, he's never let me on his show. He has a very, very strict staff that's hard to get through. But one day he will. And hopefully it's not too late by then because he is going to be tried in the state of New York. There's some interesting comparisons there. I'm very, very flattered by your referral. Um, he didn't hold back when you met him, Steve Bannon. Have a listen to this. When we get to the White House and go through and adjudicate the fact that 2020 was stolen and this illegitimate regime, what they've done to destroy this country, nobody that loved this country would do what he's doing to the country, would they? Would anyone think about it for a second? What if our framers came back here, came back today and saw 10 million illegal alien invaders that they have gained the system to bring here? Nobody. Give me that again, ma'am. Lock them up. All of them. Garland, Ray, Biden, all of them. Mayorkas. What they did to this country is unforgivable. And we will not forget it and we will never forgive it until justice is done. So, Corinne, was the theme through the conference referring back constantly to the border crisis? Because obviously this is one of the biggest issues facing America right now. Yes, of course. But the actual whole uh, theme of the conference was stopping globalism. And yeah. so that's very, very relevant to everyone who's listening and watching the show right now. We don't want globalism to actually happen. We want you to rule locally in your town, in your county, in your city. We don't want world government and we don't want the World Health Organization or the United Nations. So that was the actual theme. But of course, in the United States of America, you know, our border crisis 
is a complete mess and it's causing an invasion. Officially, journalists like me like to really say the United States of America right now is experiencing an invasion of illegal aliens that have been allowed to do this uh, with United Nations money. So mm. who's really funding this invasion? The United Nations. Mm. Very true. All the roads go back to the United Nations. They want to see everyone jump out of third world poverty straight into a Western country, whether it's practical, whether it's logistical, whether it causes criminal problems or whatever. Bannon is right. Lock up anyone who does this illegally. There are avenues that you could follow through embassies and consulates and pass the applicable forms and the tests and the interviews to get entry into the United States. The way they're doing it now is illegal and Bannon's right. They should be locked up. Now, one of the things- Honestly, wait, I want to tell you one thing. What they really should do is just deport anyone in the United States of America who doesn't know our First Amendment. If you can't repeat our First Amendment, I personally want to deport you at this point. If you don't respect our Constitution, you have no place in the United States of America anymore. So that means a major change could be coming. Couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. Now, listen, um, there was a vote, as I understand it, at CPAC for- former U.S. presidential candidate Vivek Ramaswamy and also Christy Noem, who tied, of course, the South Dakota governor as the choice for Donald Trump's running mate. Um, This was among nominees. It wasn't a Trump official Trump thing, but it was an indication that amongst the loyalists there that they think that Ramaswamy would do a good job and no doubt Christy Noem would do a good job. Assuming Trump becomes president, Corinne, do you see him picking... Christie before Vivek, or does Vivek end up his chief of staff? I mean, I think that Trump is really looking for a female, but I yeah. hope that he would pick Tucker Carlson. That's right. You've said I, that before. What are the chances, though, of that? It's possible. I think that Trump should pick Tucker Carlson. I think Tucker has the most popularity and the most audience. And I think it's better to not pick an elected official. I think Trump needs someone that can actually run the United States of America and really understands the problems and is beloved by American patriots. And people in the United States of America love Tucker Carlson right now. He should be the vice president unless Trump decides to pick Robert Kennedy Jr., Robert Kennedy Jr. would be the ultimate pick for Trump because that would be great balance. But I don't think that Robert Kennedy Jr. would do it. We don't know yet. Constitutionally, can he select him as VP? 100% yes. Right. Okay. All right. I've got to take a break. I've got to get some news and I'll come back with you, Corinne. Plenty more to talk about. Um, This is TNT. Good news, people. Now, TNT Radio News. Come on. Here. Is your headline. Matt Boyland here with a look at your TNT headlines. NATO continues to fan the flames of war in Europe, declaring Ukraine will become a part of the Western military alliance, whether Russia likes it or not. It is not a question of if, but of when. Washington has condemned Israel's plans to build new settlements in the occupied West Bank, and an American soldier has set himself on fire outside the Israeli embassy in the US capital in protest of Washington's support for Tel Aviv's war in Gaza. Why not give TNT Radio a follow? We're on all major social platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Gab, and Getter. Help us get the word out as we cover the biggest topics of our time right here on today's News Talk. TNT Radio. TNT Radio. All right, Corinne Clifford, Trump. Did he give an impressive address or speech at CPAC? 
See, Trump is one of the best people I've ever witnessed in my life to give speeches. And his speeches are always very detailed. And so I'd really try to listen to him, even if I'm completely overwhelmed and busy. Uh, what he was saying at this particular CPAC was what I've been explaining this whole time. So it makes me wonder if he's watching the news that I do. He's, <laughs> explaining, he's explaining that this is basically a ride or die. This next election cycle in 2024 for the United States of America, if the Biden regime, if any Democrat stays in power, uh, we're going to have to be refugees in our own country and leave because we will be arrested by their Department of Justice. So this is the most critical election we've ever had. And Trump was just really explaining all the different things that have happened. I mean, everyone around him is in jeopardy of being arrested, indicted, and the legal fees are astronomical. I mean, he was laughing about the fact that he spent over $500 million in legal fees. So thank God it's President Trump and he's a billionaire. But can you imagine how much money he's gone through? You can't even raise that much money. Every single day he gets hit with with some type of new litigation. And then he has to do appeals. He's got to do this and that. It's out of control. So if President Trump doesn't win in November 2024, all of us, myself included, may have to leave the United States of America for a while because we are in danger of being arrested by the current uh, Department of Justice. All right. Nigel Farage um, took the trip from London to Washington, D.C. for CPAC. You met him, I understand. How did that go? Nigel Farage was a very big surprise to me because I honestly, I don't keep track of what's happening in the UK every single day in a diligent way because I'm so overwhelmed with everything else. Mm. But when he sat and talked to me, he was very specific. He told me that the United Nations is the problem. And the way that he was explaining it to me was deeper than anyone I've ever interviewed. And as a matter of fact, I wish I had filmed it, but I wasn't in perfect lighting. It was in a uh, relaxed situation. Situation. He is one of the most charismatic men I think I've met besides Steve Bannon and President Donald Trump, a JFK Jr., Robert Kennedy Jr. The Kennedys are all charismatic. But the bottom line is this. Nigel Farage could be the future prime minister of the UK, and I would probably move to the UK and set up residency there if that happens, because he's fair. He's fair. Yeah. Everything he said to me was fair. And sitting and talking to a man like that was such a breath of fresh air because he could answer my questions. I have questions and he could answer them. He says the problem is the United Nations. But then who's really funding the United Nations? Obviously, the Chinese Communist Party, but it could be way deeper than that. Yeah, I shared a dinner with him once. There was about five of us and Nigel, and he is very, very engaging, but quite compelling to listen to. You got a hug from Steve Bannon. Did you get a hug from Nigel? I mean, yes, and he was wonderful. And as a matter of fact, he promised to take me to dinner next time he's in Washington, D.C., because he really respected the fact that I had very specific questions for him. Yeah, good. Great it's stuff. Now, news report. Sorry, sorry, say that again was an amazing experience. And if he becomes the prime minister of the UK, then we have a chance in the world just in case President Trump doesn't win 2024. I couldn't agree more. There is uh, some unrest on the front page of the UK Telegraph today saying, do not let Nigel Farage get back into the Tories. So they're now threatened by him, which is a sign that he might rocket to the top in uh, a very short space of time. Now, news reports say that El Salvador's president received a rock star welcome at CPAC. How did that go? So I was in shock because the president of El Salvador 
was an incredible speaker and he said everything correct. He got standing ovations. The whole crowd followed him out and he was actually signing autographs in the middle of CPAC. It was shocking. I never thought that I could say to you that I would move to El Salvador now in case President (laughs) Trump doesn't win in 2024 and in case Nigel Farage doesn't take prime minister of the UK, I would have to consider moving to El Salvador. (laughs) You better buy you better buy tickets to go everywhere, I think. This is this is Nayib Bukele, right? Yes. And you know what he said? He said that he has done everything to make sure that George Soros and people of the George Soros elk like Bill Gates have no power in El Salvador. But on the side, I want you to really understand, okay, their prisons have been emptied and their dangerous political uh, prisoners and their dangerous people, their criminals are migrating to the United States of America. So whatever this president is doing, it's very effective and very powerful. And I would actually stand up for him and move to El Salvador if Trump doesn't win 2020. Frightening to think who's coming through the southern entrance. It's just frightening. Um, you also attended a CPAC special meeting on human tra- trafficking. Do you know whether Trump uh, actually has human trafficking on his radar to get to the bottom of? One hundred percent. My girlfriend, she's an investigative journalist. Nancy Ross was uh, holding that whole conversation and she has just met at a roundtable with President Donald Trump. And he's one hundred percent dedicated to stopping trafficking, which is what the FBI is supposed to do in the United States of America. The FBI is not supposed to focus on arresting American patriots and American Mm. citizens. It's supposed to be protecting us and making sure that human trafficking doesn't happen. And as a matter of fact, there's huge news. A 22-year-old girl in Texas was murdered by a migrant and illegal alien. And so we are starting to count the murders happening, rape and murder that's happening to American citizens from the illegal aliens coming across the border. And Joe Biden has blood on his hands. There is no doubt about that. Now, the International Crisis Summit affiliated with CPAC uh, concluded today in Washington, D.C. It's attracted many prominent guests, including Dr. Robert Malone, inventor of mRNA technology, and Christine Anderson, who's one of my heroes, member of the European Parliament for Germany. Does she speak well? Um, Have a listen to this important point that Christine Anderson made regarding Sweden's response to COVID. That what Sweden did was actually a real clever way of doing things, not locking down, keeping the schools open, not killing the elderly in in their their homes. I mean, a lot of them died lonely, probably of loneliness. So they were actually doing all the right things. And the reason they were so hated for this, and I think we might, might have had that conversation before, the reason they were hated for this because if they didn't comply, then there would be a comparison. Then the whole world would see how ridiculous these restrictions actually were. Yeah, I'm glad she's back on that point because a lot of people just forget this now that the anger has subsided. But the restrictions, the mandates, the lockdowns were all ridiculous with a capital R. What were your impressions of Christine Anderson? I mean, she's incredible. And she actually gave me her private number. And I told her I was coming on your show tonight. And she told me to say hello to you. So her point 
Her whole point is that we can never let this happen again. And what she and the group of people from Europe that uh, had a conference in Washington, D.C. today, just after CPAC, they're going to Congress tomorrow and they're going to testify about every country that had the lockdowns. Sweden didn't lock down and Sweden had more success than any country that locked down. So that's very important. Yeah, Sweden didn't lose their economy. They didn't lose their fiscal restraint. They kept that all together because they didn't lock down and destroy the country. Um, What policy areas were covered at the International Crisis Summit? I mean, their number one topic is obviously the vaccine. And this is where the high level, very controversial doctors from around the world gather. There was pretty much one doctor from most major countries and you know, so much footage I couldn't even give to you in one show. But the bottom line is that they are all agreeing that in these vaccines could be potentially very, very controversial ingredients that are causing heart attacks, that are causing deaths, that could potentially alter your genes. Your worst nightmares could be in these vaccines. And these are doctors who risked their whole careers. They got fired in different countries, one from Australia, one from New Zealand, all over the world. They got Mm. fired and they're never getting their careers back. They were doctors from the United States of America. So once a year they meet in Washington, D.C., and this was their fifth summit. So they could all share ideas and 100 percent all of them say do not get any covid vaccine because the ingredients could hurt you and kill you. I think the public's aware of this. All you have to do is start looking at the booster shot numbers. They are less than appalling. And it's an indication that people are just saying, don't tell me that this is good for me. Don't tell me that this will stop me getting COVID. I've been through this. You lied and I'm not going to allow you to lie again. Now, Donald Trump, this is probably as big a news as anything, really, has just won the Republican presidential primary in the US state of South Carolina. This was supposed to be uh, Nikki Haley's for the taking. Well, in in some ways, it was hers to shine at the very least. She didn't shine. It was a runaway victory to Trump. Well, in, in some ways, it was hers to shine at the very least. She didn't shine. It was a runaway victory to Trump. What does it tell you? I mean, we all knew that Trump would win South Carolina. He's going to win most all states. Now, this is what I'm concerned about. My girlfriend, Michelle Bacchus, who's an investigative journalist um, and a beautiful news anchor for Real America's Voice, which is an alternative channel in the United States of America. She was on location in South Carolina outside a polling booth, and she was getting multiple complaints by different people who just tried to vote, saying they weren't allowed to vote because the Internet was broken. But her Internet just outside the polling place wasn't broken. And so she's telling me that people are coming out of the polling place, walking up to her and saying that they weren't allowed to vote. Now, as a journalist, you this is a very critical situation because you could be charged with the misdemeanor, some type of crime for interfering with, with elections. Mm. So she couldn't really take action. She couldn't do anything to report it. All she could do is basically just 
take everybody's testimony and and keep it going. But a lot of people in South Carolina are already reporting malfunctions with the voting machines, the fact that they're connected to the internet, which they're not supposed to be connected to the internet, the fact that they were told to do different things by the people in the polling booth. It was completely disorganized. So this shows me that we have not solved our election corruption problems in the United States of America. And there are people like Mike Lindell who want you to buy like a $500 machine and take it with you to vote in November 2024. But the thing is that who knows if that's going to work? And the Mm. bottom line is that, you know, how can you say I'm not going to vote if this is connected to the Internet? And how can you say I only want a hand counted ballot? There are so many rules and laws in every different county. There's over 3000 counties in the United States of America and election corruption has not been solved. So we have a problem. Trump will win 2024. But if there is an election corruption situation or a scandal or a crisis, they could nullify, nullify all the elections. I think they're going to start World War III and keep the Biden regime in power and cancel all elections in the United States of America, in Canada and potentially in Europe. See, the the fact of the matter is no matter who wins in November, no matter what the result, there will be accusations of unfair counting, uh, duplicitous, um, duplicate counting. There'll be all kinds of allegations once again. There's got to be a better system. And is the system not a system that is the same? That is, under a federal law, uh, shifted so it's the same in every county, in every state in the United States. I mean, in the United States, the voting system is a train wreck because it has not been evolved. So each county has different rules and different things and no one knows what's going on. That's why everyone in their county has to take action and join a group to watch over this because I can't even recommend what to do in each county. All I know is that I've interviewed specialists throughout the United States of America, the most famous people and who focus on election corruption. And they say, do not vote if you can prove that your machine is hooked up to the internet. The second it's hooked up to the internet, it can be completely hacked. Mm. So we haven't solved this problem in the United States. So we're headed towards disaster in November, 2024. And I will keep you updated on this. I'm kind of jealous of my girlfriend, Michelle, that I wasn't in front of the polling uh, places and the elections. I want to expose election corruption. I didn't think it would happen this fast. So we have a problem if it's already happening in South Carolina. And this is just the Republican primary. It's not yeah. even a big. Yeah, exactly. It's only this, just the start, the tip of it all. And we've still got problems. It's uh, frustrating that nothing was done in the last three years. But anyway, Corinne Clifford, fantastic to have you on the program once again. Thank you very much for spreading the good word. And we look forward to having you back on very soon. God bless you. Peace. Thank you, Chris. Have a beautiful night. Good on you. Will do. Thank you, Corinne. Much appreciated. Corinne Clifford, the highly accomplished and very versatile freelance video journalist based in Washington, D.C., I've got plenty to talk about, but maybe you'd like to jump on some of what was canvassed with Corinne there in reference to CPAC, in reference to what Nigel Farage will do. If you're listening from the UK, maybe you've got your own views on the future of Nigel Farage or Trump or Nikki Haley. Is it time that Nikki pulls out? I've got some news for you on one of her major donors exiting uh, from her campaign after she lost against Trump in uh, Carolina, in, um, in South Carolina, and it probably may uh, force her and put pressure on her 
to exit the race entirely. I'll give you that story in just a short moment. Let's take a break. And then we can take your calls too. You can dial in from any part of the world, from the United States or Canada, on one 201 6425 You can call us from the UK on 033-0024-1026. And from Australia or New Zealand, have your say. 1-800-670-310. This is Chris Smith on TNT. With his expert analysis and opinion, this is TNT Radio's Timothy Shea. Americans this week celebrated President's Day. Or did we? The answer, of course, is that we did not. We celebrated George Washington's birthday. And possibly, if you want to include Abraham Lincoln, our 16th president, whose birthday, February 12th, was given up for Martin Luther King Day back in the 1980s. But we definitely did not celebrate Millard Fillmore and James Buchanan. We didn't celebrate Jimmy Carter or Bill Clinton, and we most definitely did not celebrate Barack Obama and Stumblebum Joe. Why does this matter? Am I just being picky and pedantic? No, it matters because words matter. George Orwell wrote, the slovenliness of our language makes it easier for us to have foolish thoughts. Put more colorfully, blurry words carry deplorable thinking the way that mosquitoes carry malaria. You should always question the dominant narrative, whether it's that Standard time going into daylight savings time is an artifact from our agrarian past when in actuality farmers argued against it when the progressives put it in 110 years ago. That the Republican Party and the Democrat Party flipped after the 1960s when that's demonstrably false. And even that red is the Republican color and blue is the Democrat color when again, the opposite is true. In fact, the opposite is always true what the dominant narrative seems to be. So question the words or else you've lost the argument before it's even begun. From MAGAinstitute.com, this is Timothy Shea for today's News Talk TNT. Sometimes a car comes along that changes everything with innovations never thought possible and features that make you wonder, how did people survive without this? This is that time. And this is that car. This is the world's first VWB. Equipped with transparent doors to eliminate reasonable suspicion, whatever that means. A 10 and two steering wheel that keeps hands visible at all times. We remove the glove box so there's no confusion about what the driver is reaching for. With a touch of a button, the ultrasonic biometric scanner displays the license and registration of the driver to ensure contactless exchange of information. With no trunk, nothing can be concealed, so therefore, there is nothing to search and seize. To ensure you will never be mistaken for breaking the speed limit, we've installed limited edition airless tires. And we remove the engine because, honestly, why risk it? DWB, the first vehicle of its kind, where the safety feature is the car itself.
You're listening to Chris Smith on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Let's get a little bit of feedback from those who were listening to Corinne Clifford and, of course, my comments at the start of the program about what's going on in Britain and police receiving a dossier from Andrew Bridgen about the corruption that occurred at the beginning of the pandemic. Um, Pelly 69 says on our chat box on tntradio.live, the corrupt governments indemnified Big Pharma knowing full well that the vaccines were untried and untested. Then they forced the poison onto us. The governments through COVID are worse than any war criminals in history. You see, the difference between that and vaccinations for your children is that we've had 55 to 60 years to see the fallout. And the fallout does not supersede the benefits, as opposed to the COVID vaccine, where the fallout does supersede the benefits. Uh, One here from Autone Records. What if Steve Bannon is just a general for the movement? Funny they haven't locked him up yet. Laugh my backside off. While we're talking about jail terms, maybe anyone who has worked for major media and sold poison to the public is being set up. Interesting comment. And uh, Alex says, Corinne Clifford is brilliant. What a great episode. Thank you for that, Alex. Another one from Autone Records. This is definitely the defining crisis for every generation alive today. There will be no peace for anyone involved in the fake vaccine crime. Tim says, Smithy, they just said on TNT News that Ukraine is going to join NATO. So she may be right about World War III. Well, this puts Russia in a position where Putin has promised to fight back strongly if that would occur. But we'll get to that story a little later. Don't worry. Um, and one here from, oh, well, that's a, that's about, we've got plenty of feedback there. Uh, we speak quite often on the program, especially on Wednesday, when I have Brian McWilliams from LA on the show, when we go through the biggest news around the world. We often talk about the people, the exodus from California, and we laugh about the famous people that have left, like the Rod Stewarts of the world, and, and there are others that we've spoken about. Well, Sylvester Stallone is permanently leaving California as well and is being welcomed with open arms on the other side of the country in Florida. The Rocky icon made the announcement on the season two premiere of the reality show, The Family Stallone. After long, hard consideration, your mother and I have decided time to move on and leave the state of California permanently, and we're going to go to Florida, Sylvester told his three daughters, Scarlett, Sistine and Sophia, referring to his wife of 26 years, Jennifer Flavin. He added, we're going to sell this house. We already have the place. It's a done deal. Uh, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis' wife, Casey, welcomed the Stallone family to Florida in a message on X, formerly known as Twitter on Friday. Welcome to the free state of Florida, Casey wrote, alongside a clip of Stallone's conversation with his daughters. In addition to respecting and protecting your God-given constitutional right to be free, you could also buy toothpaste without having an armed guard unlock it for you. Yeah. Well, this is what happens in the shops in California, especially in San Francisco. Uh, In 2021, Stallone purchased a sprawling $35 million home in Palm Beach. Sly's new Palm Beach home sits on approximately 1.5 lakefront acres, facing over 250 feet of beach with a dock. Uh, The total living space, including a main house, is over 13,000 square feet. 
since purchasing their home in Florida three years ago, Stallone and his wife have been spending time both in Florida and also California, but the time has come. He and Jennifer are out. So another one bites the dust, another exodus. Now, I wanted to go back for you to Nikki Haley and the problems that she will now face when she didn't do so well at the place that they were expecting her to do well in South Carolina, which was, of course, where she was governor. Now that that has happened, and it's only just happened, you will find that donors will pull out big time because no doubt she said, wait wait till you see South Carolina, that is where I'll do well and that is where my strength will be. Well, it wasn't. She failed dismally. Um, I'll tell you how much she failed dismally, just in case you're asking, if you haven't heard in the news already. Trump received 47 of South Carolina's delegates while Nikki Haley got three. 47 to three. That is a shellacking. Anyway, the billionaire Koch family's libertarian policy advocacy group, Americans for Prosperity Action, has said that it is pulling back its financial backing of GOP presidential candidate Nikki Haley. Now, let me just tell you how that verbiage goes. Each and every time you have a major donor pull out in a presidential race, they usually say they are cutting back because in deference and respect to the person that they backed. You don't say, I'm pulling everything out, I'm going, I'm leaving a stranded. You don't say that. You pull your money out, probably 99.9% of it, but you say you are pulling back so to not upset the candidate. And that's exactly the verbiage that was used here. It's standard verbiage uh, when they say that they're pulling back their financial backing. Following the former South Carolina governor's performance in her home state's primary on Saturday, in which she trailed former presidential uh, candidate Donald Trump by about 20% of the vote, Americans for Prosperity CEO Emily Seidel said on Sunday that the group's policy arm had decided it was time to take stock of its campaign spending. In a memo to staff, Ms. Seidel said that while AFP Action stands firm behind their endorsed candidate, Nikki Haley, it's time to take stock of where we are. And as we always do, make sure we're optimising our resources. This is all great corporate speak, corporate speak in a political sphere. Well, sorry, those of us who talk about politics understand what corporate speak is all about. We get you. You're pulling your money out because you know Nikki Haley's a dead duck. That's the sad truth for Nikki Haley fans. Um, they, they, they want to optimise their resources for maximum impact towards our goals. Don't you love the corporate speak? Uh, she said the group would now turn its attention to competitive Senate and House races where we can make the difference in a tacit acknowledgement of President Trump's commanding support among a majority of voters in the primary. Uh, President Trump's performance on February 24 broke records for the most votes of any presidential candidate for any party in a South Carolina presidential primary. He was on fire. Uh, Ms. Seidel added, given the challenges in the primary states ahead, we don't believe any outside group can make a material difference to widen her path to victory. In other words, they concede that Trump has got this. And that's exactly what Nikki Haley should do. Concede that Trump has got this and bow out. 
Um, Haley was praised as a special leader with conviction, resolve and steel in her spine to jump into a tough race with a narrow path and wished her well, saying that the PAC would continue to wholeheartedly support. Well, when you take your money away, you're not wholeheartedly supporting her. You may support her, but you're not doing it financially, and that's not wholehearted. I'm just sort of reading between the corporate speak for you, although you're not silly. You can tell what they're really saying. You don't need me to decode it. Um, Talking about decoding, we've got our news bulletin coming up next. Uh, We'll come back, and there's a whole heap to give you. We'll get down under and talk to Mark Latham and Renee Heath. This is Chris Smith and it's TNT. TNT.